0: I just one trip to the greenhouse to help my sister buy pansies to awaken a new passion in me. Guess what
1: plant I'm obsessed with now? Welcome to the Garden Angelus, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Dean Ash from Guthrie, Oklahoma, where I garden on 7.5 acres out in the country.
0: And I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana. I have a suburban garden measured in square feet. It's less than a third of an acre.
1: We call ourselves Garden Angelists because we are evangelists for gardening. We love gardening and we want you to love it too.
0: Yes, we do. And we aren't afraid to spill the beans and tell all of our gardening secrets. The good, the bad, and even the ugly. But that's enough of who, what, when, where. Let's move on to this week's episode. Hello, Dee. Hello, Carol. How is your garden growing today? I can just hear the groan when I tell you... Let me check my Trello board, Dee. It just made me laugh. <laughs> I am into Trello for organizing myself. I got a whole video out there that I'm going to link to, and I'm tracking everything about the garden on my Trello board. So I know exactly what I did, sort of, since I started the board. Okay. I got all my snapdragons and allison planted at the end of the vegetable garden rows. So that I did that on Saturday. I've trimmed back all my clematis. I did some general tinied up, and I planted a new perennial that I bought. I'll tell you about when we get to flowers.
1: Sounds good. Um, Want to hear about mine? I do. I worked in my front borders, and in the garden beds that face the street, they have the pink muley grass. Uh huh. And Sharon came over yesterday, and we worked in those two all day long. Um, got the lavender cut back. There is a lot of dead in my garden. I dug up several roses yesterday that died all the way to the ground. And let me just point out, a lot of my roses are grafted. Yep. So when they die below their graft, then there's no, there's no reason to keep them because you're just going to get that base rose, and you don't want that one. And then the hollies in my front borders, which are really old, are in terrible shape from the storms. And I think I'm going to remove them and start them over. I ordered more hellebores and epimediums for the front flower bed. I also planted some lettuce seeds outside and some onion plants. And I started more seeds indoors. And I planted a few more violas. And this is the best part. I took time to sit and watch the honeybees on the siberica. Why would I sit and watch them on that particular plant? Because that plant has blue pollen. And if, if a plant has blue pollen, then your honeybees have little blue pollen pockets. Oh, that's so cute. Isn't that cute? Our friend Leonie, who has Legend Garden Blog, she told me about that years ago. And I planted Psilocyberica for that very reason. That is neat. And
0: you reminded me, I have a bunch of lavender that does really well in this one spot. And you know what? I need to go shear that back some point yeah you got to do it pretty quick our ne- our weather's kind of turned nasty so it's going to be a. I think it's going to be a slow week oh last week stuff just started taking off this week I think things are going to slow down which is March are you getting snow you know when I l- woke up this morning and looked at the weather forecast it said there was a chance of snow showers at eight but now oh. it's just rain and it's it's uh it's 34
1: degrees so but
0: all those plants I planted <laughs> they'll be fine they'll be fine.
1: Yeah, they'll be fine, and this rain is good for them. Exactly. Here's
0: our quote. Ready? I'm ready. Wild winds come a blustering, clearing a path for the feet of spring to dance her way along the lane, bringing daffodils again by Patience Strong.
1: That was lovely. It
0: is, and I ha- I see some daffodils behind you on your counter. Are those from your garden?
1: Oh, Yes. Yes, those are for my garden. When I had to dig out that rose, we were going to smash them. And so um, Sharon cut those for me while I was standing there with the shovel digging up that rose. Roses are not easy to dig up. So she, uh, she brought them inside for me, which was really sweet. That
0: is nice. I just had the very little, and you always make fun of the way I pronounce it, but the tete-a-tete, tete-a-tete or whatever, the little tiny miniature daffodils. tete a tet tete-a-tete. Those are blooming. Mm-hmm. They just started blooming a couple of days ago. In fact, I'll, I'm going to link to my Garden Bloggers Bloom Day post from today, the fifteenth. Good, so people can see my daffodils. Anyway,
1: onward. I it's thought your I thought your post was really beautiful. I I looked at it this morning on my phone. Well, thank and you. I, you had some beautiful pictures in it. My Tete Tete daffodils are also blooming. And what's so fun about Tete Tete? And we've talked about this before. In the daffodil episode we did, but they start out really short. Oh, yeah. And they're already blooming, right? Yes. But, as they grow, but then their little stems grow and grow and grow, which is a little different from regular daffodils because as regular daffodils wait to bloom a while, wait yes. a while to bloom. But tete-a-tete wants to bloom when it's an inch tall.
0: Oh, yeah. And they're so sweet to put in the tiny little vases, you know, because we end up with tiny little vases. So in fact, maybe I'll go out in the rain in a little bit and I'll pick some and that'll cheer things up in here.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great idea. So we're going to talk today about choosing a flower we've never grown before and commit to growing it. And when you came up with this idea, which I love, I was like, I don't think I've not grown any flower that I can in Oklahoma. In fact, sometimes I've stretched the zones and done really weird stuff before, right? Yes. Um, But maybe there's one, and so we'll ask our listeners to make a suggestion of something that would grow in Oklahoma that I haven't tried.
0: Yes, that is a good idea. Ask others.
1: But you have something new. Yeah,
0: I do. So I went to the greenhouse because my sister needed me to help her get pansies. Which ones should she get? So I had to explain what, you know, like this one, this one, this one. But anyway, the uh, owner she had a little flat of plugs for something called Viola E10, which I'm like, well, what's this Vi or Etian ten.
1: I don't know if it's spelled Etan. I mean, I don't know which way it's pronounced. Does it pronounce Etane or the only place I, I, I watched a video about it and the guy
0: said Etane. Okay, Etane. All right, so Viola Etane, which I've grown. I have not grown it. It's a perennial pansies. And I had never really thought about it or heard about it. I didn't know that. And she had a bunch of plugs there. And I said, what is this? And she told me that a guy had asked her last uh, spring for them and wanted her to get them in. So I was all over it. I bought six plugs, Dee,
1: and planted them out in the garden already. So I wonder, I didn't know that Etain was uh, hardy to zone 4A or so. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that it's, well, then therefore, I didn't know it was perennial. I'm going to suspect, because they sell it here in Oklahoma, people don't know what it is, but it's often sold in these big, I think they're quart-sized pots. Yes. And I've put it in my Potage before. And I think in Oklahoma, it might not make it through the hot summer.
0: Right, but the further south you go, the more you want to get it into shade in the summertime, especially.
1: But that's interesting, and it's a very beautiful flower. It is. It's yellow with like a
0: a lilac-colored edge, but here's the thing. I've read people find it a little bit hard to establish, and so I'm hoping by getting it in the ground early that I haven't, like, shocked it with the cold weather. By getting it in the ground early, I hope it takes root. Um, they say you should shear it back a little bit after the big f- spring flush, and then you'll get a few flowers through the summer, and then it'll bloom again in the fall, and then go dormant, and it should come back. So I planted six, kind of in different areas. We'll see how they do. Here's something else I found out, Dee. What? Well, it was uh, bred by a breeder in England who had at one time the national collection of viola. Of course, Richard he did. Cawthorn. But anyway, somehow Helen Dillon, the famous Irish gardener, got it. She gave mm-hmm. it to Beth Chatto. Beth Chatto loved it. She named it Viola Helen Dillon because she got it from Helen, and Helen, I guess, forgot she got it from Richard Cawthorn, and that it already had a name, Etan. So sometimes it's sold as Viola Helen Dillon.
1: Huh. Well, here in Oklahoma and in Texas, I've seen it sold as Viola Etan, and so... Um, It's beautiful, and it looks great in, well, in a flower and vegetable border situation too, Mm -hmm. and that's how I've often grown it because sometimes in the spring, this is before I had the lavender around the edges. Now I don't have as much room, but back then I had a lot more room in early spring, so I would put it in then. It's very beautiful. I love this whole rabbit hole you went down. Well, before we get to
0: the rabbit hole, let me say about Viola E10. So a plant is going to cost you more than buying a flat of violas because it is a perennial. And so they're going to grow it in like a quart pot. And I was able to get six before she had even potted them up. So she gave them to me at a reduced price because she didn't have the labor or the pot or the dirt or nothing into it.
1: Yeah. And I've never seen them sold that way before. But I think this is a whole rabbit hole that you went down. But you say you went down another rabbit hole.
0: I did. So then I started looking for this national collection of viola in Great Britain, and I found the website where they have the national collections listed, and there are 650 of them in Great Britain. And we've talked about these before, that people get obsessed with like a particular plant, and they get every variety of it, and or they have succulents mm-hmm. or geraniums or violas and so i'll add a link i'll have to go back and find the link i'll add a link in case our listeners are interested interested in the national collections so i'm all i'm all about it and there are four other perennial pansy varieties that i now must seek out and get
1: oh my goodness it's it's a big well since you love violas and violets and in fact i cleaned out a bunch of drawers this weekend um on the day when it was kind of chilly this weekend and i found my it's a pressed picture it's i mean it's not really pressed but it looks like pressed violets and i'm looking at it right now oh that's nice i bought
0: <laughs> last year i bought four botanical drawings of violets that were from an old book and the person had mm-hmm. sort of i guess the you know the book was kind of a mess so they took out all the pictures I bought four and framed them and put them in my other room just to enjoy.
1: You should take a picture of those. I'll put them on our um, deal. Okay. And I, I think what I'm going to do is look up my pictures of Etain because I know I have them, and I'll take a picture of those too. If I can't take a picture of it, I'll go buy three plants and stick them in there because I know where they sell them.
0: Who knows? I may have bought Etain before and just not thought about it much, but now I'm like, D, I'm in super obsession land here. Super obsession land.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to see what the other four are. You'll have to come back I will. and tell us about that. So we wanted to give a shout out to our listeners who responded from our previous podcast episode where we asked people what flowers they have to grow each year. And so I think we're sharing from three different people who came to us. And we got the sweetest emails from that. We did. We did. The first one is Donna, and she said that she has to have stock to go with her violas and pansies. And she's also bringing back two perennials, soapwort, which is saponaria, and boltonia. I grow, I don't think I grow soapwort, but I grow boltonia. And it it is beautiful. So I can understand why. And I've also grown stock. I've grown it from seed and put it outside early in spring. And I've also bought stock plants early in spring. But they're usually done about the same time the pansies and violas are done here.
0: Right. And they are very nicely scented. They have sort of a clove mm. scent, which is why people want
1: the stock plants. Right. And if you grow the ones that are long stemmed, you can put them in vases, which is neat too. And you can dry them. Okay. So now on to the next one. So Christy in Alabama, she has to grow scarlet s-
0: salvia. And she said that her mom was growing them when she was a kid and The hummingbirds just flocked to it, and so that's why she loved it. The hummingbirds came, and then the bees came, and she said, and I thought this was a great way to put it, this was her springboard plant that launched her into gardening. I love that. I really do. I love that too.
1: And if you've red plants in your garden, you don't really have to have hummingbird feeders because the hummingbirds just will flock to your garden. I I have them all around my deck, and they don't fight because they have lots of different places to get nectar. And then there was Sean from Australia. We know we at least have two listeners in Australia. And We do. Sean from Australia has to plant Phlox, Paniculata, me too, Sean, Echinacea, and Ajuga. I plant all three of those, and I think Carol does too. Ditto. I have all three in my garden. He, in Australia, he found a viola that is native to his region that he can grow, and Carol thinks he's referring to Viola, viola banksiae which is Carol once grew as a houseplant.
0: Yeah, and actually I had it as a plant in my uh, office when I worked, and it kind of was a viney thing, Yeah, and it did bloom. And then I also think that, I mean, this, Sean is like in equivalent zone 8-9 mm-hmm. is his equivalent zone in Australia. So I think our friend Cindy down in Texas has grown Viola banksiae in her garden. I think she has too. That is so cool. It- well, the house plant eventually died, and I thought, I, I need to get some more, because <laughs> you know, I'm obsessed with viola, and I guess I'm you know, I guess viola is my favorite flower. Who knew? I guess so. <laughs> Everybody's got one or five or ten, but this is this today, it's this. Wait till I go
1: to the greenhouse again, and we'll figure out something. Yeah. Else. You're just like this every year this time of year. <laughs> so you ready for our next quote?: I am. Laughter is sunshine. It chases winter from the human face. Victor Hugo from Les Miserables. You like that? We need more laughter these days, Dee, don't we? We do. I love that it chases winter from the human face. Exactly. Because I know exactly what he's talking about. You could just say it chases COVID from the human face (laughs) because we're all just so sick of it. So our veggie is is Carol's other springtime passion. The the viola and what's your favorite spring vegetable? Peas. I got to plant the peas and this is the week. March the
0: 17th is the day. Right. And I will be out there planting my uh, peas and I'm planting just uh, snow peas and shelling peas this year.
1: I am planting sweet peas that are snap peas, not sweet peas the flower. I am planting those too, but... Oh, that was a disaster, by the way. But anyway, um, the snap peas and the snow peas. Because I've given up on English shelling peas. I never get enough of a crop to make it work because my season's too short. But you can definitely grow snow peas here. You can grow snow peas in abundance.
0: Oh yeah, I bet you can. And I just, uh, I'm not just, bi- I'm not big on the snow peas. No, I'm not big on the snap peas. I like the snow peas. Okay, I like both and the shelling peas. So so here's the thing that people do that's the big mistake and why your season is so short. Peas don't like it hot. Nope. So as soon as that ground is 40 degrees Fahrenheit and warmer, get out there and sow your peas and let them get going early, early, early. That was the big <laughs> mistake I used to make was I planted them too late.
1: So in, in my world, I should have planted them a week ago and I didn't get them done. So... The good news is with snow peas and with snap peas, you have a little bit of a leeway, unlike shelling peas. So I can go ahead and plant them today and get them done. I've got a lot going on today, but I'm going to get those peas in the ground today. Very good.
0: And my sister is probably going to text me late Wednesday and show me that she planted her peas with her grandkids. It's their little tradition. And so you need to get your little grandbaby out there, have her help you sow peas, take pictures
1: yeah i'll try she's her mama works this week but she's coming over for st patrick's day so maybe i can make that happen so let's talk a little bit about growing peas and how easy they really are to grow
0: they are really pretty easy you just sow them in the ground and let them go that's what i do now do you use an inoculant with them
1: i do not i did one year i thought it made no difference at all if you have good soil i don't think it matters Right. And a soil inoculant
0: is the bacteria that has that symbiotic relationship with the legumes that helps it fix nitrogen. Mm -hmm. That bacteria is naturally occurring in the soil. And I went through several different cooperative extension bulletins and things. And I think it makes people feel better to do it, but they'll all tell you that you probably aren't going to notice a difference. And if you think your soil is deficient in this bacteria, you should get it tested first. Well, no one's doing that, so I I just never have done it, and I'm not. I just don't worry about it.
1: It was a big thing twenty years ago, and I think I did it then. Notice, and you know what it did for me? One more dang step. Yeah, no one needs that, and I'm already so busy in spring. Yeah, I don't need another step to have to go through, and it's messy. So we both vote no inoculant, no inoculant. So. On the
0: peas, the shelling peas, I wanted to tell you that my favorite variety is, of
1: course, green arrow. Right. It's a good one. And what are you growing? Oh, you wanted to know what I'm growing? Yeah. So in snow peas, I have them right here because I tried to get them planted yesterday and it didn't happen. I have, I have an heirloom and it's actually from Seeds of Change. And it says dwarf gray sugar pod. And I bought it because, A, it's dwarf, which means it doesn't have to climb as much to produce. Right. And also, because look at that bloom, Carol. Can you see it? Oh, it's beautiful. It's it's pink and white. So I thought, you know, I'm going to try those. And then for my snap peas, I'm growing sugar Ann this year. And I did want to give a shout out, though. Last year, and I didn't buy them this year, and I should have. I did avalanche for my snow peas, and I loved avalanche because it had lots and lots of tendrils, which made it very, very beautiful. It held on to things well, and you can eat those tendrils too. And it was just, it was beautiful. And I took lots of pictures of it, and it's on a post, and we're going to show the link.
0: Very good. And the peas I'm growing, in addition to Green Arrow, I'm just growing a variety called uh, Sugar Snap. So I think that I messed up. And didn't get snow peas. You did peas. mess up. So you did. Guess what I have to do between four to m- before Wednesday?
1: You have to run to the nursery and get some snow peas. Right. But that won't be hard. Snow pea seed will be around. Yeah. And
0: I'll go to the greenhouse. They do have, they have uh, Seed Savers Exchange Seeds. So I'm going to go there because I'm like, oh. And see, this is why you have an Excel spreadsheet of your seeds.
1: Because then you can look and say, ah. I'll be honest. That really did help. This year. And so I was wrong about the spreadsheet. And I would suggest other people do it if they have time and, you know, it's rainy and they're bored. Um, Also, I may fall in love with Trello. I'm not going to fall in love with this this week because I'm too busy.
0: Well, I have a secret Trello board for our podcast. So if you feel like you want to look at it, I will share it with you. (laughs) Anyway. Yes, you do. (laughs) Let's move. Oh, that other thing, Avalanche is really good because it and the um, doesn't need to be. Have a trellis or anything to grow on or fencing? Well, most peas do need support, and so you should plan accordingly.
1: Okay, that's not what I said. You weren't paying attention. I was paying attention. Fence. It just holds on better. I didn't oh. say don't grow it without a fence. Okay. <laughs> yes, almost all peas, even if they're dwarf, will probably need some sort of structure to grow on. There is another pea, and I'm not growing it this year, but Burpee has a pea
0: called Masterpiece. Yes. which doesn't need any support It kind it of just grows as a little clump it is tendril city though and it's a sugar yeah snap. okay good to know so uh we might put a link to that it's um it's something i've grown for several years and if i like snap peas better i would grow
1: it more but it's very pretty yeah there are some beautiful ones wasn't magnolia a purple one that we grew last year
0: Yes. Uh, sugar magnolia. Sugar magnolia. Sugar purple. Mag-
1: it's purple. And boy, it is pretty
0: too. It is. So shall we go to our next quote? It is spring again. The earth is like a child who knows poems by heart. Rainier Maria Rilke. That was really good. You know why I chose this one? Um,
1: No. I'll tell you. It's in the notes. Isn't it in the notes? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get this far looking at the notes because I didn't read this book and you were reading it. So see, I'm trying to share. I'm trying to be polite and let you talk.
0: (laughs) The The book on our bookshelf is The New Heirloom Garden by Ellen Ecker Ogden. And the quote that we just did, she put that quote at the beginning of her book. And Dee, this is a lovely book. It has garden designs, recipes. And heirloom plants for cooks who love to garden. So it is vegetable gardens. That's me. And I I told you that I would send you this book when I was done with it. And you lied. Well, <laughs> I didn't lie. But it's going to take me a while because there's too much here that I need to explore. Oh,
1: no, I'll just buy so, my own copy. <laughs> what would you say? Yeah, just, just get it. I'll, I'll just buy it. I'll just buy my own copy because you know what? You should keep your copy and then I'll buy a copy and then we can compare recipes. That would be fun.
0: Yes. So it is about half garden design and garden information and half recipes. And she wrote in the back, an heirloom garden is an opportunity to plant a piece of history that provides a deeper connection to the food you eat, the people you love and the landscape that surrounds your home. Mm, and That is beautiful. I love that. And I'll tell you, the tie into to peas, by the way, the green arrow pea, thats I consider that the family heirloom pea because that was the one my dad always grew.
1: And you said that. we I think we talked about that last week um, on things we must always grow. That's right. So this is a beautiful
0: book, and Dee is
1: full of inspiration.
0: And in addition to the the garden plans, which she has kind of by types of gardens, like an, uh, um, an herb and aromatics garden, the French heirloom garden. Just about anybody would find a garden in here they want to grow. But she also has these seed talks where she interviews other gardeners and seed specialists and things. And I noticed there's one with Rosalind Creasy, whom we both know, who always has a beautiful vegetable garden.
1: And, a really, really fun
0: lady. Yes, and Felder Rushing, who's got a great sense of humor. He's, she has some seed talk with him. And so mm-hmm. I I really love this book. And I think our listeners might like to check it out as well. And Ellen has a website, which we're going to link to, and you can go to her website and there you will find that book or you can go to the big A. Um, and she had another book called The Complete Kitchen Garden, which I kind of think that I might have around here somewhere. And you might actually have that one, Dee.
1: I do have that one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And she's a lovely writer and she takes beautiful pictures or whoever does the pictures in her book does a beautiful job. Rosalind Creasy, you mentioned her. Um, she's another one. If you ever pick up one of Rosalind's books, they were mostly published during what I consider the great time of garden writing where you had really wonderful photographers. Yes. <laughs> and wonderful writers, right? Yes. Um Her – even her newest book is really beautiful that way too. The point is, is I think she and Ellen do very similar, beautiful work, but each in their own voices. Yes. So I can't, I'm going to go buy this book.
0: And you know, when I went to the little uh, bookshop that I go to, that's all of 500 square feet, she has um, cookbooks and she has some gardening books and she had this one front and center. And I'm sure it's probably already gone because the minute you pick this up, you think I got to have that.
1: No kidding. Okay, well, good to know. And I was going to also say, I have this muse board that's next to my desk in the kitchen where I write, and it has all these things that really speak to me. And one of them is a bumper sticker, and it it says, love people, cook them tasty food. That is... And I would say that that... Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's what I think of when I think of this book. It's beautiful. And I'm... I'm I'm glad you're going to go buy a copy because then I don't feel guilty for not sending you mine because I got it this review.: That's copy. okay. So anyway, that book There's... is "The New heirloom Garden" by Ellen Ecker Ogden. It goes on our recommend list.
1: You want to hear the next quote? I do. Oh, spring is surely coming. The couriers fill the air each morn. A new arrivals each night. her ways prepare. I scent her fragrant garments. Her foot is on the stair. That's John Burroughs. I love this idea as spring as like a princess. Yes. Yes. she has couriers. Coming in.
0: She smells good. She's got fragrant garments. She's coming up. Yeah, I love
1: it. I love all that too. So our dirt this week, you have one and I have one.
0: Yes. My dirt is that Gardener's World, the British show that we are obsessed with, with Monty Don, The new season starts on March the 19th. There's a big article in the New York Times about Monty Don and sort of his history and all that stuff. And the good news is Dee's doing like a happy dance. I am. So normally the season starts off with half hour episodes, and then when things get really going, they go to an hour. There is such a demand for this show that they're starting right off with the hour episodes.
1: That's awesome. I did not know that because I haven't read that in the New York Times yet. So that is so cool. And while and you can, you're, yes? Well, I was going to say in the U.S., you can subscribe to BritBox
0: and you can see the show there as the best way to get, it, get to it.
1: It is. It's the best way and it's the legal way, which is good. Exactly. You know, back, back in the old days, we couldn't get it the legal way, but now we can and it's not very expensive and then you can watch it as much as you want to. And I actually walk on the treadmill while I watch it, which is very a good nice. way to get my steps in. So have you said all you want to say about that? I have said all I want to say about that. Now your Dirt. Okay, so my Dirt is the Great Grow Along, and it's a virtual garden festival. It starts uh, this Friday, the same time that Gardener's World does, and that's March 19th, and it starts on 1 p.m., and it runs through Sunday. So the point is, is it's $29.95 plus dollars processing fee, um, but it's a good way to enjoy some excellent speakers. I think there's over 40 speakers that are speaking no i'm not speaking in this one neither is carol but i wouldn't have time to speak in it anyway i'm too busy in the garden and i'm too busy <laughs> garden coaching i'll be honest right. i can't i don't i couldn't do it and virtual garden talks
0: there are so many of them right now we're going to include another link on greatgardenspeakers.org where we're both registered of upcoming talks and you can see i saw the williamsburg gardens had some talks no, along with the good. great grow along. So that's a good place to sort of bookmark. And as virtual events get known, they're added to that website.
1: So right onward. Onward, gardeners. There you go. So let's talk a little bit about our garden commissions for next week. Um, mine is I've got to get those peas planted today somehow, some way. And <clears throat> I need to plant some more lettuce. I did plant some, but now it's time to plant more. And at this point in Oklahoma, I would only do leaf lettuce. You don't have time for anything that makes a head. Um, right. Asian greens. I'm, I'm doing a lot of that right now. I also am going to start my basil indoors. I waited a little bit, and I've got several varieties I'm growing. And that's what I'm doing this week. What about you, Carol?
0: So now I'm going to go buy some peas for the snow peas because I forgot to get them. And then I'm going to plant all my peas out on Wednesday. I haven't really started indoor plants yet. I think that I might start some columbine seeds that I got from Renee's Gardens. So I'm going to start those. That's
1: fun. And that's it. Um, I have a lot of flowers started. Mm -hmm. Oh, I did want to say for Oklahomans and Texans, it's time to plant potatoes. So if you've got your potatoes, plant them. If you don't, go to your local greenhouse. Here in Indiana and Points North, it is not time to plant
0: potatoes. Anyway, we want to thank everyone for listening to The Garden Angelist. If you like our podcast, please tell your friends about us. Also, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss anything.
1: And if you listen to Apple Podcasts, we'd love a five-star review that helps us get noticed by others. Could you also share your podcast with your friends? Word of mouth is the best way to get the word out there. Indeed it is, and be sure and check out our show notes for links
0: for more information about today's topics, plus links to our own websites. And if you want to help support us, use the affiliate links. If you buy something after clicking through on them, we earn a small commission,
1: and it costs you nothing. It was lovely to chat with all of you over the garden gate today. Bye until next week. Bye, everybody.